The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, coming to you every week live from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time from the Maple Knoll Radio Network. We are, as always, your public radio source for information, advice, and inspiration you need to start or grow your own real estate investing business. For those of you who are in the greater Cincinnati area, check out tomorrow night's Real Estate Investors Association of Greater Cincinnati trade show. It is the event of the year with over 70 vendors and 300 real estate entrepreneurs, landlords, rehabbers, note buyers, and other folks that you probably want to add to your Rolodex. And the best part of all is it's open to the public. Now, you don't want to go to the usual location tomorrow night because this event is so big that it's being held at the Sharonville Convention Center. So don't go to the CAA building. It's at Sharonville Convention Center. You can come anytime between 6 and 9 p.m. There will be thousands of dollars worth of door prizes being given away. And did I mention, it's free and open to the public. You can get more information at CincinnatiRIA.com. That's com. My guest this evening is uh, well-known both in the real estate investing world and to listeners of Real Life Real Estate Investing. It's Ron Legrand, a.k.a. the godfather of real estate. This guy has done deals numbering in the thousands over the course of the last 30 years, and there are thousands of people all over the United States who, when you say, who taught you how to do real estate, will say, Mr. Ron Legrand. Tonight, he is here to talk to us about some updates in terms deals and how they're working in today's seller's market. So, If you're in your car, pull over because you're going to want to take notes or at least listen to the podcast later. If you have questions, be sure and get them in before the end of the show at 877-772-9658. That's our number live here in the studio. Or you can send us questions by going to realliferealestate.com. You'll see a little tab on that site that says, ask Vina a question, fill it in, hit the send button, tell us where you are writing from, and we will try and get those before the end of the show. Ron, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Uh, Well, I'm glad to be here, Vina. And I am glad to have you here because the last time that you were here on Real Life Real Estate was, which was roughly a year ago, I was looking it up and it was 
April of 2014, uh, things were a little different than they are in the market today. Markets heated up a lot. I know you yourself have had some changes in the way you do business, and I wanted to make sure that we had some good updated information for folks who are trying to buy houses without banks. Now, I think the key thing we need to get behind us right up front is that a year ago, you were talking an awful lot about ACTS deals, which is lease option assignments, and you were very, very hot on those, and you've had a little bit of a change of heart about them since then. Can you tell us why that is? Well, first of all, we better explain to our listeners what ACTS means. It is a term that we created about three and a half years ago now, and it stands for Assignment of Contracts and Terms System. And um, we used it heavily back then. The uh, percentage of houses that were over leveraged in the marketplace was about 40% when we started ACT. Since then, it's come down to uh, less than 10%. So the term assignment means that we're assigning our agreement that we have with the seller we used to sign them to the buyers and get out of it. The, the simple word assignment means you're getting out of it. And I haven't really had a change of heart. It's just that the market's changed a little bit. And the, the downside of an axe deal is that you're getting out of it and you're only getting one check. Oh, but that might be five, ten, fifteen thousand. 15,000. You know, I've gotten checks much higher than that by assigning contracts that contain terms, but the but that's all you're going to get. You're never going to get any other revenue. You give up any residual revenue. You give up any back-end revenue. So that's the real downside of that. The upside of it is that it's what I do when I can't stay in the deal or create a golden goose, as I call it. Uh, we get a lot bigger paydays if we find a way to stay in it by creating terms to buy it that are conducive of allowing a terms buyer to buy it from us and then we get a monthly cash flow from the difference in the payment, and hopefully we get some equity that we get cashed out on the back end. And so we get multiple paydays, uh, a big down payment or a big uh, lease option deposit. Um, you said something, though, Vina, I do need to correct. It's not about necessarily lease options. Any agreement that the seller signs that we initiate that involves terms can be assigned and becomes an act deal. It's assignment of contracts and terms, so that could include owner financing as well as uh, lease purchase. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's not so much that the thing doesn't work anymore, it's that it works better in other ways more often than it used to. Well, it, um, uh, I teach my folks, and I preach, and I do. I'm looking for the deals that I can stay in to get that residual revenue, Acts is only that thing which I do when there's really no mathematical reason for me to stay in it. For example, if I'm paying $1,500 a month and that's all I'm collecting out of my buyer or tenant buyer and there's little or no equity left in it, then I have very little reason to want to stay in it, so I'll just sign my contract and get out of it. So what if I'm paying $1,000 a month out and collecting $1,500 a month coming in and I got $30,000 of equity in the property over and above what I owe the seller? Well, then I'm probably going to stay in it. So the individual deal will determine whether I have a reason to stay in it or not. If I have a reason, I stay in the goose. Goose keeps laying the golden eggs. If I don't, then I may choose to assign it and get out of it. Mm -hmm. 
Now, for folks who are interested in a in a fairly detailed explanation of ACTS, we do have your prior interview on our podcast, uh, which folks can uh, go to iTunes and listen to, or better yet, subscribe to. There's over 200 programs now on that feed, so you can listen to my melodious voice for pretty much the rest of the year without uh, any any halt if you go to our iTunes podcast and uh, particularly look up Ron Legrand and uh, you can you can hear all about the acts deals and the acts process but uh, let's uh, actually I think we need to take a quick break and when we when we're done we're going to talk about this terms thing and the first thing I want to talk about, is why so many people think terms are so complex. So when we come back from the uh, break, we're going to do that. We're also going to take listener questions at 877-772-9658 or via our website, realliferealestate.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. You can always stay in touch with Real Life Real Estate on Facebook at facebook.com slash real life real estate radio or by joining our email list at realliferealestate.com. Almost always we have a special gift for listeners right now. It is a free webinar about the wholesaling market in 2015. You can uh, get a replay of that just by going to realliferealestate.com and joining our contact list, which means what you're going to get every week is a reminder that the show's coming up along with an article by or about our guests. So you never have to miss another program and you also get some great supplementary information today. It was an article by Ron about things that you might be doing wrong in your business or about uh, more, more, more accurately things that you, that you might be doing in your business that you just shouldn't be doing that are holding you back. So that's realliferealestate.com to get that information. And while you're there, check out our $1 to start inner circle deal. You can join the inner circle through WMKV. Try it out for a month for a buck. That gets you unlimited email coaching. It also gets you an additional weekly webinar that uh, teaches you more about the basic skills you need to uh, be in the real estate business. And best part of, it, of all is it supports public radio here on WMKV. Every dime of your subscription whether you decide to stay the, the month or keep going at thirty nine ninety seven a month goes toward public radio. So <laughs> you get to make money and feel good about it. That's realliferealestate.com. My guest today is Ron Legrand. If you have not heard that name, you're probably pretty new to the real estate business, which is even more reason that you probably need to know that name. Uh, Ron is prepping for a sweep through this part of the country that's going to include uh, Indianapolis, Columbus, and some other places. And uh, in preparation for that, we are talking today about his favorite topic of the moment, which is terms deals. Now, Ron, back when you and I started doing this business, and you've, I know you've been doing it since God was a child and all of that stuff, but, you know... <laughs> Call it, call it, you know, 20 to 30 years ago. The idea, nothing, I'm not saying anything. Uh, The the idea of going out and negotiating terms with sellers was just, it was just sort of something we did. It wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, that's an advanced concept. You can't, you can't do that if you're a new investor. And that many times 
when I'm talking to newer folks about that, they say, oh, you know, when I when I when I get when I get really good and sophisticated, then I'll start thinking about learning how to do terms deals. Why, Why do you think that is? What's the difference? Well, the difference is the pure lack of training. It's the long and the short of it. Plus, today, we have made it so much easier for the uh, transaction to take place between the seller and the buyer because we've written scripts, scripts that anybody could follow. In fact, you and I want to play a role play. I'll show you just how easy it is. The sure. uh, first step <laughs> to determine whether you've got a seller that will do terms or not is to get some information on it. We call it a property information sheet, which is the basic facts about the house. Okay, we get those facts, including what they owe on the property and what their payment is, and this simply leads to now two very key questions. If there's a mortgage on the property, well, let's pretend you're the seller, okay? Okay. And while we're at it, I want our listeners to listen closely now because Venus, the seller, she's about to make me the offer. I'm not making her an offer. She's simply answering my questions, and I'll know real quick whether I can work with her or not. Okay? So are you are you ready, Mrs. Seller? I am ready. All right. I've gotten all the information on your house. Let's say it's a couple hundred thousand dollar house and it's in great condition and a lovely area. Uh, beautiful home, beautiful neighborhood, which is what I want to target. And I, and I get to the next question, which is, uh, Vina, would you consider, uh, if I take over, uh, if I, um, um, make you a monthly payment and are responsible for all of your repairs, would you consider a lease purchase? I might. I don't really know what that is, but you're going to make all of my monthly payment. I'm going to make your monthly payment and be responsible for 100% of your repairs until sometime in the future when you get cashed out. So I don't have to fix anything? No, mm. you do not. I, 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 might, I might talk about that. Okay. Would you rather lease it to me or sell it to me on a land contract and take back a monthly payment? And, and that way you don't own it anymore. I own it. But still the same end goal is you're going to get paid off in the near future. Which mm. would you prefer, lease purchase or land contract? Uh, well, I kind of like the idea of not owning it anymore, but how do I know you're going to pay me if I don't own it? Do you have any reason to believe that I'm not? Well, I don't, I don't know you. Well, uh, you will get to know me before we actually get this this arrangement take, uh, to a conclusion, wouldn't you think? Oh, yeah, I guess so. Okay. So uh, you're saying you'd rather sell it uh, with a land contract than the lease purchase it? Well, I, I think that would be better for me, don't you? Because I don't want to be a landlord. Well, that's generally the the, uh, the question, the answer that I get to that question. But obviously, um, some people would rather lease it. Some people would rather sell it. So, if you'd rather sell it, uh, what's the least you could take for it um, if I bought it from you instead of leased it? Um, you, said, you said said you wanted two hundred. What's the least you could accept? Well, you know, I kind of, I kind of, I w- kind of want at least one ninety because you know I gotta, okay. I gotta pay off. Well, you know, I gotta take, get my loan taken care of and all that stuff. All right. May I assume you'll sell it with nothing down? Well, I'd, I'd like to get at least like a couple thousand dollars to move. Okay, so you'll sell it. You'll sell it to me on a land contract. I'll cover your monthly payment, and uh, as long as you get a couple of thousand dollars to move, is that correct? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, then when would you like for me to come look? Um. I don't need to answer that. <laughs> we just made the point. Uh, I want all of our listeners to understand that I haven't made you a single offer. You just told me you'd sell me the house for one ninety if I gave you two thousand dollars, one ninety two, and that I'd make you a payment equal to your underlying payment, and uh, that you'd give me a ten thousand dollar discount. You just made me an offer that sounds attractive to me. If your payment is low enough, so I know that I can put it out there and, and actually get more than that. Uh, from somebody else that I put an house on terms. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the answer to the question is why why do people think the terms are so complicated? Simply because they haven't been trained to ask the right questions to get the right answers. Therefore, they're always in a cloud. And they don't, you know, they don't know whether it's a deal or not. And they don't know whether it's a suspect or a prospect or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't want everybody to think that everybody will do terms, but this much I do know because I have a whole building full of virtual assistants that make these calls for our clients all over the country. And 35% of everybody we reach on the telephone who owns a house says yes to terms. 35%. Hmm. So that's a big market to play in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not something, I mean, the, the, I think you've made this point, but it's not something that you have to have already done 50 deals before you can start studying it. No, you have to learn the basics. You just told me what my purchase price would be and what my payment is. Uh, the only thing we got to figure out is now how long you will give me, and I usually ask for at least five years. That's it. So we've just come almost totally to an oral agreement. My next step is to go out to your house and look around, make sure I like it, make sure it's in great condition, and then send, uh, sit down and get a, a complete a very simple agreement. And from there, our attorney takes over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I just I think I, I I've probably made this point thirty times in the last three years on the show that this any kind of creative deal if you will any kind of deal where you're you're doing something other than paying cash or going to the bank to get money is uh-huh. not something that you have to have a ton of experience to have done and no. it, it it drives me nuts that newer investors when they you know we have a we have a um a creative finance subgroup here at Cincinnati RIA and when a brand new investor walks into it, they say, well, I'm not really sure I should be here, you know, because I've never done a deal before. That was how almost every deal was done when I got into the business. The first deal I ever did, private money. Second one I did, owner carry back. Third one I did, FHA loan assumption. I didn't have any money. I was 22 that's years because, old. <laughs> that's because when you and I started back in the 80s, uh, if you didn't do owner financing, you didn't buy a house with a prime rate of 18% interest. Exactly. Exactly. Now, now another thing I think that flummoxes people when you throw the, that word terms out there is it, it does cover a lot of different potential strategies. You mentioned in the role play lease option land contract. There's also subject twos. There's also owner held mortgages. Do you think that people need to need to kind of get all of these or is it OK to just really learn one? Well, no, look, there's really only two ways that you're going to buy a house on terms. And, uh, another, you know, cash is not terms. But if you're either going to lease option it from the seller, that means at least it with an option to buy it, or you're going to buy it on land contract in the state of Ohio. In other words, owner financing. That's it. That's the only two ways you're going to buy the property. And I, based on our previous conversation, you told me which one we were going to do. I didn't tell you. You told me you'd rather sell it with owner financing. So that's where I'm going to go. And in the state of Ohio, that's I'd rather buy it with a land contract. And when I sell it, I'm going to sell it with a land contract. Because if my buyer don't pay, and I came to the point where I had to force him out, I know I could get him out very quickly. So a land contract is the device that we will use. People get hung up on the different instruments that they can use for owner financing in different states, but it's state by state. You don't, of course, don't need to know all of those because only one applies to your state. In the state of Ohio, that's a land contract. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Uh, I once, once again want to invite listeners to call or email with any questions. Guys, this is an opportunity that you don't get very often. That is to corner Ron and ask him the question you want to ask him. It is 877-772-9658. Or you can send an email by going to our website. It's realliferealestate.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Ron Legrand. We're talking about terms deals. We're talking about deals that you can buy using various methods where you are paying the owner instead of paying a bank. And um, given that the seller's market is such that I'm hearing complaints all over the place about how I can't find any deals that I can buy cheap. This is a discussion you should listen to because Ron, what I am hearing is you don't necessarily have to buy them all that cheap. Uh, Well, Davina, there's the ugly house business and then there's the pretty house business and the ugly house business equals all cash which is mostly through banks and some for sale by owners. In that part of the business, you must buy them cheap because you're paying all cash. However, in the pretty house side of the business, I frequently pay 100% of the market value for a property because it's not about price, it's about terms. No terms, no deal. So cheap is not something that, well, of course, I'd like to get as big a discount as I can, but uh, again, sometimes I don't get any. I just get good terms. Mm-hmm. So and listeners, by the way, go ahead. There's, 20, there's 25 times more pretty houses than there are ugly ones, so the pond is bigger to fish in. And and listeners, if you're one of these folks who emails me and says every time I try and put a property under contract that's an ugly house, some idiot pays twenty thousand dollars more than they should for it. Uh, stop fishing in the pond that the idiots are fishing in. If you think that's a problem and look for the stuff that they don't know about. And that is what we're talking about today, is buying houses on terms. Again, go ahead. uh, I also teach how to fish in that pond, and most people are using the wrong bait to fish in that pond. I've never been in a city where I couldn't buy all-cash deals at prices that I'm willing to pay. I do training events to that effect, and we go out and actually do them in real life uh, time. And we always get good deals. But you've got to know where to look. You've got to know how to select them out of the MLS. And I know that's not a subject you want to talk about now, but it's like any other part of the business. Once you figure out how to do it correctly, it gets so much easier. And by the way, the people that are, that are telling you that it can't be done quite often are your competition which, and would just prefer you didn't learn how to do it right. <laughs> so true. So true. Um, okay, so back to the terms deal uh, thing. Oh, wait a minute. Before I do that, let me uh, once again give folks a way to contact us before the end of the program today. If I get your email at five after six, Ron can't answer it. So give us a call if you have any questions about terms deals at 877-772-9658 or send an email by going to our website, realliferealestate.com. So Understanding terms deals. All right, we're going to go. You said we need training. We're going to go with the training. What does this now allow us to do that not knowing how to do terms keeps us from doing? Well, look, I started out in the ugly house all cash business back in 1982. 
And I did a lot of deals before I realized there was a pretty outside of the business. And gosh knows how many millions of dollars that cost me in the 12 to 15 years it took me to figure it out. Um, but when you get into the terms business, you truly have got many, many, many times the properties. Plus, they're in beautiful neighborhoods. We don't deal in low-end crap and crap areas in the pretty house business. We deal in houses. In fact, in Ohio, I would recommend that we stay between 150 and $750,000 in um, market value. Beautiful homes in beautiful neighborhoods. And honestly, I'll, I'll go way above that. If you want, I'll give you an example of one we're doing this week. It's worth $4 million. Mm. But uh, because it does not take any more money, and we don't take risk. In terms of business, we simply do not take risk. We don't guarantee any payments that we're going to make, and we don't write big old checks. The biggest check that I wrote in the terms business is $100, $100. Uh, in fact, we have a property that we have under contract that's worth $4 million that we have $100 invested in, and that's the most we ever will invest in it, nor will we ever make the big $25,000 payment on it that uh, that is required. And let me just finish that deal, by the way. We got that property it's in Vegas. We have it under contract for $3.7 million uh, with a uh, uh, very small down payment. And now it looks like we have a buyer that's going to pay us $4.2 million. And, again, we have $100 invested in it. So I don't want to scare anybody, but, honestly, it's the, the, the larger deals. We don't have any more risk, and yet, as you can see, they pay a whole lot more money. Um, but for the most part, especially for beginners, they should be down there between 150 and 750 because that's where the biggest market is. Then um, I think we probably make sure our listeners understand here that the only reason we want terms from the seller is so that we can offer terms to our buyer. And the whole goal is to put the buyer in the house that can't qualify today, and that's 80% of our marketplace, cannot qualify for a loan, and give them a time, give them time to fix whatever's broke. So many people have lost their houses, they've lost their credit, they took big hits, uh, can't qualify for a loan, can't prove income uh, quite enough, uh, need to save up more for down payments or whatever. We can take these folks that are quality, not qualified, but quality, because they do have money for a down payment, and they can and they can make monthly payments that satisfies us, and we can put them in the house and we can give them plenty of time to turn that around and actually get to the bank and get qualified to pay the seller off and pay, off, uh, pay us off. Sometimes it takes a year, sometimes two. Sometimes we want it to go on a little longer because we actually get paid every month while we're working with them to get uh, get cashed out on the back end. So, again, what a public service. We're taking people who can't ordinarily qualify to go in a home of their own, and we're putting them in a home of their own and working with them. They live there. They act like owners, and they live there. And ultimately, they, we, we help them get a new loan and get their life back and get their credit cleaned up and the whole works. It's a beautiful business. And, um, and, and I'm, you know, I don't mind at all getting paid for what I know. Uh, we help sellers get, um, get out of the homes. We help buyers get in the homes. We do it all with terms. No banks. No, no permission from anybody except the seller and the buyer. We're in and out in a few days. And the minimum check, the minimum check I want to see anybody get is $10,000 on the front end on even the smaller property. So, um, boy, once you understand this business, you can't help but get excited about it. <laughs> uh, we have a question here from Tom in Alexandria, Kentucky, and he's referencing the example you gave two examples ago when we were doing the role play about the $200,000 house for one ninety two. 
He says, your spread on the deal you described is only $7,000. Can't you burn through this pretty quickly between placing the new buyer or getting a real estate agent to sell the house if you were to use one? Tom, 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 Tom. First of all, it probably won't work there where you live. Uh, just kidding, Tom. Just kidding. All right, let me tell you what I do with that. First, you got a picture. This is a beautiful house in a beautiful neighborhood, and you're, you're right. There's a very small amount of equity in it. And, in fact, I would get all of the so-called equity out of it the, the day I put the tenant buyer in it or sold it on a land contract because, frankly, I would uh, require a minimum of $10,000 down payment for somebody to move in the house, which is very easy to get when they can't qualify for a loan. But what you don't understand is that when I get terms and I sell them on terms, they always raise the price. So I'd probably put that house on the market for at least two oh nine nine. And incidentally, when you're able to offer terms, the property is worth more than when you have to sell it for cash. And that applies to any commodity, not just real estate. And any appraiser will tell you that. So if I put it on the market for two oh nine nine and they give me ten, fifteen, or twenty thousand dollars down, remember also that I tend to get a monthly spread. I tend to get more per month for rent than I'm paying out the seller for their uh, monthly payment because in today's market, the interest rates are so low that it tends to have low monthly payments, so it's easy for me to build that spread in there. When I put that tenant buyer or that land contract uh, buyer in there, they will pay more than rent, so don't be fooled by rent. We, you know, I'm, I'm, we're, we're constantly getting $500, dollars $800,000 a month uh, spread on those uh, payments uh, when we're dealing in houses two, three, four, five, six hundred thousand dollars. So you can build a really good residual monthly income there in a hurry. So income stream number one, front end down payment. Number two, a monthly payment. And you are correct, there probably isn't a back end payday on that property, but the goose lays golden eggs every single month while we're waiting. Mm-hmm. And Tom and all listeners, remember that we are talking about terms today from sort of a 50,000 foot view. And, you know, we could we could spend a whole lot of time on each individual uh, example here and, and, and walk through them step by step, except that WMKV only wants me on for the hour they've given me. And they, they get 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 upset when I'm on for two three days in a row uh so yeah this is this is uh you know get you get you understanding what the possibilities are and get you to uh go out and get some more education on the prospects uh Ron I'm guessing that you have people who like it when you tell them about terms because they just like the kinds of houses and areas they get to deal with better than they do when they're wholesaling well, so do I. Beautiful <laughs> houses, beautiful neighborhoods. They just did one in a gated community. And by the way, we haven't even mentioned, Vina, if one wants to buy a home of their own and bypass banks, bypass down payments, and bypass credit apps, this is the way to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you have already talked about the fact that you personally in your own real estate business really love pushing the boundaries on price i mean a four million dollar house i suspect even in las vegas that is a super nice house in a super nice neighborhood you wouldn't believe how nice Mm -hmm. and you encourage other people to get out of what i would call the investor comfort zone of uh bread and butter to move up type houses as well well some wise guy once told me the more dollars you waller in the more stick to you <laughs> and I can waller in those more dollars without any more risk then obviously I can make more money for doing the same job 
and take me long to figure out, hey, I'm going to do the nicer house. Mm-hmm. Now, I think the question, though, that might be coming to some listeners' minds is who in the world owns a $4 million house, or for that matter, a $700,000 house, and is willing uh-huh. to consider terms to sell it? 35% of them. <laughs> and here, here, here's what I found out, that a lot of them have already had their house listed and it didn't sell during the listing period. Some of them have had it listed two or three times, especially the really high end. This $4 million that I'm discussing with you, he had listed three times, and in two years it hasn't sold. Well, that's because they didn't offer terms. When we take that same product and are able to offer terms, it makes it a lot easier to sell. In fact, selling becomes the easiest part because you tell me, how many $750,000 houses do you think there are in Cincinnati that one could buy on land contract or lease purchase? Not many. I would hazard so, a guess that at the moment it's probably close to zero. <laughs> so, so, so when you put the one out there that is available, you can see that they'll be standing in line to get in it. Now your only objective is to find somebody with enough money down that satisfies you. And by the way, in that case, the minimum I'd want is fifty thousand bucks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you said that you, you sort of said in that explanation that one reason that sellers uh, look to sell on terms is because they have already tried it the other way, and for whatever Sometimes. reason it just hasn't worked for them. What what other? I, I'm really looking here for like what sellers are we looking for? What are the what do these people have in oh, common? Okay. You want to know my prime target? Yes. My, my prime target, you know, the, the example that I used a little bit earlier, the $200,000 house with a $190,000 loan on it, mm-hmm. I, I would rather have a little more equity in it. I'd prefer to be a $170,000, $180,000 loan on it, but that's my prime target. I want beautiful homes in beautiful neighborhoods with a loan on them, with a monthly payment, but with some equity and a low monthly payment on it. Because I know that the sellers need to get out of that for reasons beyond their control many times, and they need to get rid of that payment. And if they don't get rid of that payment, it's going to cause financial hardships when they've got to go find another place to live and then have two house payments that they know they can't make. So sometimes they put it on the market a while with a realtor and don't get sold for cash, and uh, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they just know they got to go, and the fast exit that we can give them is way more important to them than any, anything else that concerns uh, a lot of people that you know they think all these myths that happen in real estate. Um, and I can do a lot of examples for you, but they almost always come down to debt relief and stress relief. But uh, after saying that, I've done an awful lot of deals with houses that are pretty clear. I mean, many people would be happy to take a monthly payment, at least until sometime in the future when they get cashed out. Remember, I don't cash them out. I don't refinance it. We don't do that. Uh, we don't go to bank and borrow money and guarantee debt and, 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 and risk everything. We don't do that, but our buyers are going to do that to get into a home of their own. So when our buyer gets cashed out, the seller gets paid off. Meantime, they get a monthly payment. Uh, but they're, you know, they are more motivated if they have a payment that they got to get out of than if it's free and clear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Uh, we have some questions backed up here in the email inbox from folks who've gone to realliferealestate.com and use the Ask a Question tab. Uh, before we take those, we're going to take a quick break. If you want to get your question in this last 10-minute segment, you probably ought to give us a call at 877-772-9658. We'll be back right after this. 
Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox, talking today to Ron Legrand. Ron is going to be in Ohio in about a month, uh, speaking to the Central Ohio Real Estate Entrepreneurs Group in Columbus, Ohio. That's going to be an all-day session, and anyone's welcome to attend that. You can get more information at centralohiorea.com. That's centralohiorea.com. A um, couple of questions here to tackle from listeners, Ron, and here's one that I'm sure you were expecting. Uh, Jeff from Cincinnati says the state of Ohio Division of Real Estate has been very loudly protesting for the last year or so that assignments of any kind require a real estate license. Have you run across this problem with your ACTS deals? And if so, what do you recommend? Well, uh, yes, we have run across that deal, and the, what I recommend is very simple. Don't assign them if that's going to be an issue for you. And, that, and honestly, I don't assign them, Jeff. I, uh, let's say I'm buying on a land contract. If I buy on a land contract, um, I will create a whole different new land contract to sell to my buyer because most of the time I raise the price and raise the payment anyway, so that's the only way I could do it. Um, but if you So if you stay in the middle, though, here's what I would suggest to you that you are going to need your attorney's input on this. Sometimes we will um, uh, lease option them from the seller here in Florida, for example, and then sublease them to the tenant buyer at a higher price and a higher monthly payment, uh, or sometimes even very close to the same monthly payment. And then if we want to get out of it anytime thereafter, we can assign that contract back to the seller with their permission and let them collect from the buyer. Uh, that very well may eliminate your issues in Ohio, or it may not, something you protect for your attorney. But the simple answer is don't assign them. There's no law that says you have to assign them. Truth is, the longer you stay in, the more money you're going to make anyway. And, and Jeff, I would look a little more closely at the attention you've been seeing to this idea of assignment of contracts, because uh, the division has actually very specifically said that assignment of contract, if it, if it is done correctly, and that's what they're not defining which is correctly, uh, absolutely does not require a real estate license. They have issues with other things like how are these being advertised and are you claiming to own a property you don't own and some other things like that, which we should probably do an entire show on. But um, I'd like to take a little bit closer a look at whatever it is you're referencing there because i'm not sure it says what you think uh -huh. it says it almost never does <laughs> yeah um okay so uh, i have a question here from jc in las vegas he says please ask ron what he says to sellers that want more money down than what ron thinks the market will pay oh well ron doesn't know what the market will pay and neither does he uh, the market will tell us that, and any time we try to outguess the market, we are headed for a seminar. You'd be surprised what people will put down when you can give them terms. However, there are many times when I don't want to put down what the seller requires, especially on the higher-end houses. So we simply set it up and make it crystal clear to the seller that we are going to locate a buyer that we approve before we close on the purchase from the seller. In other words, we're, and honestly, that's the way commercial properties are done all the time, if you think about it. Uh, a lot of due diligence done and approvals have to be done before the uh, before the properties are closed. It's really kind of no, no different here. Uh, if I let's say I got to buy a property and the seller requires fifty thousand dollars down, but I think I can get a hundred thousand dollars down for my buyer, I might put it under contract for fifty down. But the buyer is going to be real clear that I'm not closing until I find somebody that I like, and then we'll we'll close both of them. Okay. 
Uh, let's go ahead and go to the phones and go to line one. Russell from, it looks like Connecticut, could be Cincinnati. I don't know. Russell, Connecticut. Connecticut. Yes. Russell, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Yeah. How are you? Yes. Well, how are you doing? My, uh, my question has to do with, uh, this one, I was trying to get as much out of it, uh, as to whether, I understand Ron McGrand does, uh, does kind of on the road, kind of on the job coaching. Or mentoring where her partner was part of the part of the deal he's working on. Yes, Russell, and I'm going to refer you to his website for that. Um, okay. the, the nature of you know public radio here doesn't allow us to sit here and and pitch coaching, but uh, I'm I'm sure that's available. I'm going to okay. <laughs> recommend you recommend that you go check out his website to see the various things that he has available. Okay. Okay, and that site is ramagrand.com. Okay, great. Okay. Th- All right. Thank you Good very much you. for your call, Russell. You're welcome. Russell, are you going to be there next to... month? I, I'm sorry? Are you going to be there next month at the at the at his presentation? Am I going to be there? You bet. Great. The... Wonderful. Yep. Thank you. Hopefully I will, too. Wonderful. Thanks, Russell. Um, yeah, interesting thing. Uh, very first uh, coaching I, or very first uh, education I ever paid for. You know, that wasn't like a RIA meeting or something like that was from Ron. And I was two years old and Ron was like, <laughs> the, Ron was like 40 when that happened. And, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've, I, I don't, gosh, I don't even, I've, I've been to, I've been to many of your classes over the years, Ron, because one thing that I have learned about um, continuing education is sometimes you hear things that you've even heard before yeah. and you smack yourself in the head and go, why am I not doing that? Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> I already... sometimes, sometimes I say I probably ought to plug in my own CDs and listen to them. <laughs> yeah, I give good advice. I wish I was following it. Yeah, <laughs> I, have that, I have that feeling too sometimes. Um, okay, we have one last question here. This one is from Anna in Minneapolis. She said, I had an interesting experience the other day. I had someone who looked like a perfect lease option uh, potential and they called me back after they had agreed to let me make their payments for them and told me that their mortgage broker said that they could not, apply, no, she doesn't mean apply for, I'm sure. It's, I think she means qualify for a new loan if I was making their payments. How did that happen? You want me to answer that? Yeah. Uh, that's very likely because of their debt ratio. It's not that it's illegal or anything. It's that, let's say a seller's paying out $1,500 a month on a house, and then I lease option it from them. It very well will keep them from going out and immediately qualifying for another loan because some banks will give them credit for the rent right away. Some of them want a year's seasoning, and there's a few out there that don't want to give them credit at all. So uh, when you lease option a property from the seller, I find very rarely do they want to go out and qualify for another loan. But listen, if they do, they do. We can't help them. That's simple. Uh, and, that's, and it's really not your concern it's up to them to decide whether they want to do that or not and, and then make the decision whether they want to lease option it to you. But here's the rub. What are they going to do if you don't lease option it from them is always the question that I would ask. You know, if we don't do business today, what will you do? And, of course, that may or may not get, the, get them to change their mind, but it certainly gets them thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as in every situation, I mean, not everybody can take your lowball cash offer either. Not everybody's willing no. to do your short sale either. Not everybody. Yeah. There, there are people out there who could take payments who still won't. Well, <laughs> we're dealing with a minority. You got to understand that we don't deal with a majority. We deal with a minority, and that's true for any business. 
we're dealing with the people who want to deal with the rest, and we learn to pre-screen them quickly. And, uh, frankly, our VAs do that for our clients so that uh, you don't even have to because the questions are asked before you ever even get the lead. So with the systemization we have in this business today, it takes a lot of the work out of it. When Vina and I first started back in the last century, it was a lot of work. <laughs> the Internet wasn't around, and we had to do everything by hand. Mm-hmm. You do remember that, even though you're only two years old when you started, right? I do remember. I remember having to carry envelopes with offers in them to agents' offices to make offers because nobody had a fax machine because they cost $4,000. And you remember having to carry carbon paper around, which half our listeners don't even know what that is. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. I, and and M- I remember MLS books being delivered to my door. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Absolutely. <laughs> And having to go through those little thumbnail pictures and figure out which houses you wanted to see and then call the agents and hope they were in their office because no one had a cell phone because they cost $4,000. That so- is a fact. In fact, my first one was three grand for a radio phone, which you could be on half the time. <laughs> reception. First yeah. fax machine, $3,000. Then I realized there's nobody to fax to. Who's got one of these things? <laughs> yes, these young whippersnappers today, boy, they just they just don't know how good they got it. Uh, they don't want to hear that. You can't you can't see me, but I'm shaking my cane. So yeah, back in the day, <laughs> back in the day. Well, Ron, appreciate you uh, updating us on what is happening in terms these days. Um, again, Ron will be in. Uh, Columbus, Indianapolis, and a number of other cities over the course of the next month or so teaching one-day seminars. You can get more information about the one in Ohio by going to centralohioria.com. You can get the information about the one in Indianapolis at cyria.com, C-I-R-E-I-A.com. We're about out of time for this show, but we look forward to seeing you all next week where we will have even more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then... Happy investing.